Today we're going to talk to a voyager who's doing for the oceans what Google Maps has done for dry land. Yust Den Han is mapping the ocean floor. We have an underwater satellite, basically. So we took satellite technology and we took it underwater, combined it with AI and with underwater navigation and advanced imaging. Welcome to Voyager's Journeys, where we explore some of the extraordinary stories from people inside the Voyager's community. I'm David Rowan, and today I'm very privileged to be talking to Yust Den Han, who is mapping the ocean floor through his company Plan Blue. Welcome, Yust. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Tell us in a phrase what the mission at Plan Blue is. So the mission is to help understand the value that the a seafloor has this other 71% of our planet because it is a very unknown world to most of us. If you walk around outside, you recognize a car, you recognize a house, but as soon as you go underwater, it's very difficult to understand what it actually is down there. Is it just sand? Is it some plants? And what kind of value does it hold? And we at Plan Blue want to make sure that it's very easily understandable why the seafloor is so important to us and how it can really help solve large issues that we face today, such as climate change. So 71% of the Earth's surface is ocean, and yet almost all of that seafloor, about 95% of it, is unexplored. And it's been said that we have more detailed knowledge of what's happening on the surface of Mars than we do on what's happening on the ocean floor. Why, why does that matter? Well, the seafloor is very important for, for many different things. And a lot of things we're probably not really even aware of. For example, the seafloor is the best carbon sequester we know. So for climate regulation, it's, it's very important. 98% of the marine species live close to the seafloor. So it automatically is a, a very important food source for billions of people. But at the same time, it provides millions of jobs directly and indirectly. So the seafloor really has a lot of value. Uh, but it's, of course, at the same time, a very difficult to explore or see area so to say because you can look up in the sky and you can look to the moon and you can see a cool i would like to go there what is down there but as soon as you stand on the beach you just look basically straight ahead of you and it's really difficult to really see what what is actually down there and do i actually want to go there and so space was always very very exciting to go into but now it's time to look what is actually on our planet and why haven't we really looked into more detail in this other two-thirds of our own planet. So the oceans, it said, absorb about 30% of the CO2 in the atmosphere that's produced. And yet the seafloor is much more efficient in taking up carbon dioxide than the forests. I've seen up to about 15, 20 times as efficient. What does that mean for policymakers trying to work out how we overcome this huge problem of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, global warming? Well, I think they can make a very strong link between having an economical and an ecological impact. Uh, if you, for example, look at seagrass meadows or kelp forests, which naturally occur around the world, and they are very important carbon sequesters. They really take up a lot more CO2 than a lot of land-based forests per square meter. It's very astonishing, actually, how rapidly these ecosystems are declining because they're so efficiently in taking up CO2 from the atmosphere. So why not restore these ecosystems and let them grow back as a way of capturing more CO2 from the atmosphere, but also bring back life into, into the oceans, making sure that there's more fish, which also benefits fisheries then. So it's all combining lots of different factors and restoration. It might not seem as something, why should I do this right away? But it has a really strong 
long-term impact. And I think that shift into that mindset is really essential. And, and we at Plan Blue really want to help visualize how important that is and how much use we can also have by just restoring or protecting very important parts of the seafloor. So at Plan Blue, you're on a mission to visualize what's happening on the ocean floor. You, you're an underwater satellite technology company, essentially, building a huge, ambitious global database of what's happening on the seafloor. Tell us how you're planning to do that. Yeah, that's a very good question. So we have an underwater satellite, basically. So we took satellite technology and we took it underwater, combined it with AI and with underwater navigation and advanced imaging. And all of those combined can really bring you a lot of information on, on the seafloor, but it also at the same time needs to be very accessible. So how we shaped our business model is that we want to make access to the technology very easy, very cheap, so that anybody that is interested in specific areas, which we call hotspots, that they're able to map those areas very easily, very, very quickly. And really focus on those parts because with our technology, it's it's currently still operated by a diver. And in the future, it will be operated also by robots. But it's uh, relatively limited in the area you can cover. But it doesn't mean you can gather already very interesting, very valuable information. And these hotspots like restoration sites or areas close to cities where there's a lot of coastal construction happening, that th those are the areas you focus on. And we want to make sure that the technology is very easily available because there's a lot of ways you can monitor. There's very broad ways of monitoring with just um, sonar, LIDAR and, and other technologies. But we really focus on detail. We want to show quick changes, early indicators to really make decisions much faster uh, and much more precise. So that's why we really focus on high detailed seafloor maps. If you talk about satellites, most people think you know, you need a rocket to launch them in space and they're floating in orbit. These are not the same structures that you're taking underwater, are they? Tell us a bit about what the physical item is that you're using to map the ocean floor. Yeah, so the underwater satellite that we have basically looks like a big camera. Uh, so if you see divers going into the water and they have fancy cameras, but that, that's something you have to imagine. And it's surprisingly neutrally buoyant on the water. So it's actually quite easy to, to use it while scanning the seafloor. But it's much more than just a camera. That's also why we recently called it an underwater satellite, because inside it are actually four different types of cameras. We have various underwater navigation sensors as well. So our idea is basically to collect as much data as quickly as possible, because with diving and Spending time on the water is very expensive. And the technologies that we use in our in our systems are hyperspectral imaging. And we have normal RGB imaging, so normal cameras, but also stereo cameras. And like I said, a whole bunch of navigation sensors, because it's really essential that you also know where the data actually comes from. Because the idea of monitoring is not just to go there once, look what's there, and then never come back. You always want to see what kind of change is there. And to really see that change, you really need to go back to that same area. And that's really tricky because it's not like us walking on the street. We, we don't suddenly shoot up in space because we are stuck on the ground, basically. But when you're underwater, you can go all kinds of direction. It's like flying. And it's very difficult to navigate as a person. So you really need support going back to the same place. Because if you don't go back to the same place and you start comparing data from different areas, it might become very difficult to really see how things are changing underwater. And it's like on land, you have seasons there. You have, you know, you have a summer, you have a, you have a winter in terms of what grows there. And 
those kind of things are, are difficult to monitor. And we want to make it very easily and accessible with our underwater satellite by combining all the necessary tools at once. So you've developed this hyperspectral underwater camera you're calling the dive ray that automatically scans the seafloor. Explain how heavy it is, how big it is, and how somebody operates it. The underwater satellite, it's quite heavy above water, so it's about 20 kilos. But you can put it in a suitcase and you can basically take it on an airplane with you. So that's really not a problem if you want to go remotely. But as soon as you go underwater, it's it's neutrally buoyant, so you can basically hold it with one finger. And that's also the beauty of it, because that makes it really easy, your job underwater. If you have really heavy things, you will use a lot of air, which will diminish your time. So it needs to be very, very simple. But this hyperspectral camera that we talked about, it's not something that we developed ourselves. Those are cameras that you can buy off the shelves. Because hyperspectral imaging has actually already been done in space for decades. It's very important to, for example, look at agricultural fields, if they're healthy or not, by imaging from space or from airplanes. And we basically one of the first ones to also really apply it underwater. Of course, there's other initiative companies and institutes that, that have done it, but the scale at what we do it by combining it directly with underwater navigation and all kinds of different types of cameras makes our underwater satellite unique in its in its kind. But it needs a person to operate it at the moment. You're talking about in future having robotic systems. Doesn't that limit how deep you can go in order to map the ocean floor? Yes, at the moment it's diver operated. So it means you generally stuck to about 30 meters depth because there's only so much air you have in your tank and so much depth you can cover safely as a diver. But at the same time, the first 30 meters is a very interesting and very quickly evolving ecosystem. There's a, there's a lot happening in the first 30 meters. There's a lot being built. There's a lot of these seagrass meadows, for example, that, that capture uh, CO2. We are a spin-off from a very famous uh, institute in Germany, the Max Planck Institute, and they developed uh, a technology called the Hyperdiver back in 2010. They started with that. And our technology is basically based on that. That technology was operated by a diver. And we evolved in that further. But at, at the same time, with the diver, you can already do so much. The first 30 meters of the seafloor is about one and a half times the size of the United States. So it's a very large area that is already suitable to our technology. But it's true, it, it is diver operated. But at the same time, when you start using it on underwater robots, you can go further, you can go deeper, you can go safer. So there's a lot of possibilities. I also see this just at the beginning of our journey into revolutionizing seafloor monitoring, in particular detailed seafloor monitoring, and really take this to the next level to really show how important the seafloor is. Well, you've got to start somewhere. As a startup, it's a pretty fine ambition to start with an area one and a half times the size of the United States. But let's explain what happens. So the satellite goes underwater collects the hyperspectral data, the RGB data, all sorts of other data sets. And then what do you do with all that data? So at the moment, we're building a, a platform where the user can very easily interact with the data so that they basically can get the, the, the questions answered that they are interested in. For example, is the ecosystem healthy? Is the marine part that I established, is it working? Does the C4 actually mimic that? Because a healthy seafloor mimics a healthy ocean. And at the moment, we've really focused a lot on making sure that the underwater satellite works well, completed the first campaigns. We've been a couple of times to the United States, to France, and Portugal recently. 
And we very much made sure that the technology itself, the underwater satellite was well received, but the real value is actually what happens after that. What can you do with the data? So for that, we're going to build up a, a platform, a, a big database where people can very easily access the seafloor and, and see what, what value it has and, and take basically take out the information that they need for their use cases. So we also believe that, especially when you go into these hotspots, areas where there's a lot of interest in a similar seafloor area, that different stakeholders will have different questions. And because the data we collect is so rich, we believe you can really extract data from uh, basically the same data that you collect over multiple use cases. And that's why we also want to make sure that we collect as much as possible in one. That's why there's four different types of cameras in our system and a whole bunch of navigation sensors. So it sounds like you're at a relatively early part of your journey. How much of the seafloor have you mapped so far? Of, at the moment, it's just pinpoints. It's also not that we're going to map the whole seafloor by the end of my, my lifetime, so to say. It's really looking at specific hotspots, areas we should protect, areas we should manage well, areas where the resources they need, need to be managed well to make sure that there's enough food on the plate of the local people, areas we need to protect, like marine protected areas. So it's really looking at those, those hotspots. But at the same time, you can also link up to other companies or initiatives that really do the the largest scale satellites imagery. And basically what we do is we focus on the areas of interest. So if there's a satellite actually in space going by and maps a larger area and says, hey, this is an interesting area, we need to know more about that. And that plan blue is the one that actually dives deeper into that specific area. And ultimately, what's the ambition of plan blue? How much of the ocean do you think you will be able as a company to map? That, that's a very good question. That really depends on the amount of underwater satellites that are there. But like I said, it's it's always hotspots that we look into. It's relatively smaller areas, uh, but they're representative for a larger C4 area. And especially the first 30 meters, that, that's where a lot happens. That's where a lot of change are there. And if you go really further down, the changes that you'll see are probably much less. So I can't say really how much we're gonna monitor. But the type of monitoring that we do is going to be really significant at the same time. It's going to be very important to show why the seafloor is important and what kind of, like I said, critical issues we can help solve, like climate change. And yet this is a business. You're a startup starting to raise funding in order to build more of these satellites, create the robotic system, build machine learning algorithms that can process this data. Um, tell us how it's going to work as a business. Who is the customer? How you become a key part of the blue economy? Yeah, so the blue economy is a very diverse group of stakeholders. So you have governmental agencies, you have construction companies, you have carbon sequestration, you have environmental consultancies, NGOs, and so forth. So there's a very, very diverse group. And for us, we want to make sure that we standardize. Our mission really is to standardize detailed seafloor monitoring. There's a lot of different ways that you can monitor. and But at the same time, it makes it also really difficult when different technologies are being used to try to compare the same type of data. And that's what we want to get out of the way. We want to make sure that, that it's very comparable. So we get a very standardized way of monitoring and really build up a large CFRO database that, like I said, has very, very rich data. And this rich data can then be interesting for an NGO to, to see if the, the coastal management practices are successful. It can be for a municipality that uh, says, I would like to 
create a new marine protected area? Is it is it working? It can also be that you look for new places where you w- want to restore the sea, for, for example, with kelp as a way of capturing CO2 and bringing back fish and bringing back uh, fisheries. So our goal really is to combine all this, this information, really create a network via our database where people can communicate together, learn from each other, not just in one hotspot, but also from different areas around the world and really use that collective knowledge to, to better understand the seafloor and to visualize its importance and how, like I said, can, can help solve the, the critical issues that we face today. It's certainly a big potential market. I've seen figures suggesting that the economic value of the oceans is in the trillions of dollars, you know, 20 something trillion. How big a business do you think Plan Blue can be? And in order to achieve that goal, how much do you think you'll need to raise in funding? Uh, that's a good that's a good question. So we definitely want to be a global player for seafloor data. We really see that there's a big need for this, especially the detailed data. And it's it's gonna require definitely more funding because what we try to do is really revolutionary. We really want to and make seafloor monitoring standardized and easier. And uh, our business model is also that it's a very cheaply accessible, the underwater satellite, because we really want to incentivize as many as possible people, communities, companies to, to make use of our technology, given that you know they follow our environmental drive, of course. And yeah, it's not a company that makes money very much directly. It's really trying to, to, to shake the foundation, basically, of detailed seafloor monitoring. And for that, we definitely need need more investments. And, and we really believe that we can become a very large software and, and database company with a very new and exciting technology. But at the same time, it's, it's a new market, it's a new technology. So it, it's definitely a challenge to, to get the right people and investors on board. So far, we've been successful. And like I said, we really want to make a change. And it has a huge market potential. And that's what we're striving for every day. And yeah, we want to help solve the, the, the climate change and, and plastic waste pollution and you know secure food for, for future generations and really make use of the oceans. The, the seafloor is essential. The, the seafloor mirrors the health of the ocean. And if we can use that well, then we can really help take things to the next level. How many people are you now in the team at Plan Blue? We're currently 15 people. And what can you share about who's been investing so far, roughly how much you've raised as investment? We raised about two and a half million for the moment. So it's a combination of public and and private investors. Is that euros or dollars? Euros, yeah. Because you're a German company. Yeah, we're a German company, correct. And for each of the satellites, roughly how much does it cost to build? Satellites itself, they cost about 60k to build. 60,000 euros. Yep. And then to map the ocean floor, presumably keeping it at 30 meters depth and less, how much does it cost per meter to send the satellite down and to collect the data? Yeah, so if you use more the traditional ways, like photo transects and and video monitoring, you'll need a lot more people, you need a lot more time to cover a specific area. And that usually costs around 25, a little bit more than 25 euro per square meter. If you do it with our technology, where you do it much faster and much more detailed in, a, in an easier way without losing a lot of time, it costs about five and a half euros. So there's a big big difference between the traditional way of monitoring and the type of monitoring that we offer in terms of data collection. Let's talk a bit about your own background. So you were a 
postdoc researcher at the Max Planck Institute in Germany. Previously, you've studied in lots of places in Amsterdam, in Guam, in the United States. And you've also been a plant breeder, which I guess is what everybody in the Netherlands has to do at some stage. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I have a bit of a different background. I, well, first of all, I, I grew up in a startup myself. So my, my parents have a, started a research company when I was eight years old. And that actually was was great because I, from very early on, I learned how good it can go with a startup, how difficult it can be with a startup. What was their focus? So they were actually plant breeders. They developed new turf grasses, for example, that for sports fields like parks, uh, stadiums. It needs less water or look nicer or uh, more disease tolerant and things like that. And as a little kid, I always worked in that company and I really liked it and I really enjoyed it. And I actually studied uh, agriculture for the, the first part of my, my career, basically. But then I got distracted by my big passion, which is which is the oceans. I grew up in Holland, so automatically relatively close to the to the coastline. And I love exploration, I love sports, I love, I love diving. And more or less by chance came upon a, a studies which called Earth System Science and Climate Change. And I was really fascinated by it because one of my big passions is to, to solve or help solve climate change because it's the biggest issue we face today. And the oceans automatically are, are very intriguing to me. And I combined it all together into studies in marine biology. I did. I did it for a master's, PhD, and then later on postdoc as well. And in the meantime, I also worked for a while at the University of Guam, together with the monitoring industry. And yeah, that went actually quite well and had, had a pretty good scientific career, but I always felt that there was something missing. I, I felt that the work I was doing was very very much to, to myself. It was not so easy to explain to everybody else, like why it is important what I was doing. And I really believe in that spreading the word is, is very essential, because if you don't really see the problem, you don't believe and you don't really act on it. And with my scientific career, I had the feeling I was really going more and more into my own tunnel. Uh, but then more or less by chance, when I when I joined the Max Planck Institute, they actually hired me because they had this really awesome seafloor monitoring in, uh, technology based on hyperspectral imaging. And they basically hired me because they wanted to put my brain, so to say, in the brain of the technology, so it could automatically map parts of the seafloor. And because of my background and, and being a dive instructor myself and, and spending a lot of time on the water and working with the industry, I realized, okay, there's, there's probably a lot of potential there. So we, we discussed with the Max Planck Institute to see, okay, can we, can we commercialize it? And they're, they're very, very open about this and they helped us many ways. It was, it was really awesome. And we got the funding from the German state to, to start Plan Blue almost four years ago. I guess everything connects in the end. If you're monitoring the ocean floor, you can see what's happening to the flora and the fauna down there and how pollution is impacting, which goes back, I guess, to your original starting point. And let me ask you a last question, Joost. In the Voyagers community, people help each other out and everybody gets to make an ask to the community and an offer. If you can ask for something from the Voyagers community, what would it be? And in return... What would you offer back to the community? So my ask is really to to join us on our mission to to better understand the seafloor and really use its true potential. And in return, I can take you on that journey and really show you what is out there and visualize the the potential and the importance and, and how we can solve the problems that we face today. Well, it's an amazing ambition building the ultimate global seafloor database using underwater satellites. 
Joost Den Haan of Plan Blue, thank you very much for joining us here on Voyager's Journeys. You're welcome. It was a pleasure to be here. Really enjoyed it. I'm David Rowan. To learn more about the Voyagers community, go to voyagers.io. Maybe you'll even join us. Thank you for listening. Thank you.